I'm going to be sharing on the vine and the branches. Actually, I'm going to be sharing on chapter 15 of John. And um, as you can see here, there are three vital relationships of believers to Christ. That's going to be what I'll cover tonight in verses 1 through 11. And the second part will be the relationship of believers to each other. And that's verses 12 through 17. It should be 15, John 15. And the third is the relationship of believers to the world. And that's John 15, 18 through 26. So turn with me to the book of John. If you have a Bible or if you need a Bible, just let us know. Hallelujah. It says in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Say that, I can do nothing without him. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. That's quite a promise, isn't it? As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. That's quite a powerful uh, few um, verses there that we have. And just remember what had gone on previous to this chapter. Jesus had just dealt a strong blow to his disciples. Chapter 13, Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. And I remind you that Judas's feet were washed that day. And And then he tells the disciples of the betrayal that is going to come. Someone is going to betray me, and they will all flee. Of course, they protest. No, we won't. We won't give up on you. We'll stay with you. And then in chapter 14, Jesus comforts his disciples after he tells them he is leaving them for a little while. But And you can't go with me, but then I'll be back. And, and they will see him. And, of course, we know that his death and, and resurrection was going to come. And so after all this, Jesus is walking with his disciples. And he's going to the garden. 
And um, he's giving some sort of last instructions to his disciples as he's walking along to the garden. And uh, he begins talking about vineyards, grapes. Can you imagine, just imagine what their thoughts might have been as they were hearing him talk about vines and grapes? Because I can imagine them saying, wait a minute, Jesus, wait a minute, hold up. I need to get this straight. I need to hear more about you were saying to us at supper time. I mean, I don't need another lesson on grapes. What I need is to know in detail what you're trying to tell us. But Jesus goes right on, as he usually does, and he's talking about growing grapes in the vineyard when he is only hours away from his own death and his best friend's hopes have just been crushed. They thought he was going to rule and reign on the uh, earth and restore Jerusalem uh, in their timetable. But that's not what was going to happen. They did not understand the kingdom that he was talking about. So here they are, vines, branches, fruit, vine dressers. I don't know about you. I have been to the wine country in uh, Napa, and I saw the vineyards. And most of us think of a vine as something like our ivy crawling up a vine uh, on, a, on a string or a trellis. But the vine is actually the trunk of the plant that grows out of the ground. And from the vine extend the branches. And it's usually about waist height. Not my waist. It would be higher. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Hallelujah. And um, the vine ends in a large gnarl from which the branches grow in either direction on the trellis. So Jesus now discloses to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And disciples, you are branches of this vine. He is the root of our salvation. And he is the source of all life. Jesus, the crucified one, the risen one who obtained eternal life for us, is the vine. And as we begin to abide in him by being in his word, being born again, there is a longing to be with him. You remember when the word says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And that is the whole purpose of the vine, the vine dresser, and the branches. Because he wants to pull us in closer to him. More in the word. More in prayer. More in saying to Jesus, I love you. More in worship. God is looking at us and and hoping that we will finally realize who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. Being in the vine is the most important relationship you could have.
Jesus is the one you should be seeking. Not some basketball game star. (laughs) Not someone that you're attracted to. Not something that you really desire. But the one that you need to be longing for is the vine, Jesus. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you. I was in uh, Israel a long time ago, and it's hilly there in Jerusalem. And my legs at first, because I didn't bring the right shoes, I brought heels. I was trying to impress Bruce. But anyway, I walked and walked and walked. And my legs were so tired all the time. And uh, Sister uh, Shannon said to me, Oh, Hildy, just think, when we get home, our legs will be so beautiful. I said, okay, I can take this. I can do this. And when I got home, I did not maintain any kind of walking schedule. And my legs began to ache because they wanted that exercise. They wanted what they'd been getting. And when we are in the vine, we should be longing to have him closer and closer and closer. I see heads going. Okay. Well, as I was reading this, and he said, I am the true vine, that automatically kicked in something for me. If Jesus is the true vine, who is the false vine? That's the way my brain thinks, you know. And so... um, Well, you could say the devil, and of course, he's not a vine, but you could say something like that. But in God's mind, the false vine was Israel. The false vine, because Israel was God's choice on which he lavished all his love and his attention. And he longed for them to have fruit, but the vine Israel became degenerate. And produced rotten fruit. If you ever had rotten fruit, you know it's not very tasty. And God wanted Israel to be obedient, and they were disobedient. He wanted them to be loving, and they were unloving. He wanted them to be righteous, and they were unrighteous. And so we had to give up on them. But we have news, good news. The true vine fulfilled what Israel had been intended to do by God. So, the vine dresser is the father. And he's the one that coaxes the branches to come along and produce some fruit. Now, his task was to get as much fruit out of each of these branches as he possibly could. So, imagine I am the, uh, the vine and here's the branch. Well, the branch can go up or it could go this way, whichever way. But I'm reminded when I talk like this of a time that I was in Jamaica. And um, I had the uh, privilege of ministering to a, a 
a young group of like teenagers or you know early 20s and um, a young girl came up to me and said sister hildy i had this dream and she said in this dream i uh, i was like a tree and my arm was out like this and there were three different fruits hanging on it and she said can you tell me what that meant and i said yes that's the fruit of the spirit that wants to come into your life and one fruit is the father another fruit is the son and another is the holy spirit and she immediately got born again and filled with the holy ghost hallelujah and so the vine dresser is the one who is working with the branches to produce more fruit let's look at verse 3 you are already clean he says to his disciples because the word which i have spoken to you well he's been speaking words to them for 3 years right And so now he's saying you are already clean because of the word. Doesn't that say something to you? If you are in the word, you are being cleansed and you are clean and you should be producing what? Fruit. Okay. Now there's fruit, more fruit and much fruit. And it's the much fruit that brings glory to God the Father. Hallelujah. So We are the branches and we are the focus of God the Father efforts that we produce the fruit. There are two kinds of branches. Fruit bearing and barren. Which one are we? Fruit bearing. Say it. I'm a fruit bearing branch. I'm a fruit bearing branch. La 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 la. Okay. We make up a song sometime. Okay. Now appearances can be deceiving do you remember in mark 11 jesus was hungry and he looked up and he saw a fig tree in the distance and it wasn't the season for figs it was uh not summer and this tree had all the leaves on it so it should have been producing figs So he went up to it and there were no figs on that tree. I call that a lie against the truth. That is deception and therefore he cursed it that it would not have any more fruit ever produced on it. And the next day I love the brilliant disciples. Gosh, Jesus, look that tree that you cursed. It's dead from the bottom up. Have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Because if we are branches and we are hooked up with the vine, the words that we speak will produce either good or bad. You are a product of the words that you have spoken over your lifetime and of the decisions that you have made over your lifetime. And I'd say that the best time that you ever had was when you came into Christ. Amen. So, 
Deception appearances can be deceiving. Have you ever met someone who professes to be a Christian, and yet when you look at their lives, they're practicing sin? Maybe not. I hope not. But I do believe there are some that are that way. We're talking about fruit. And I see June over there. June went with me to Jamaica. And I learned something about her. She loves mangoes. And so she and the pastor went out one day to the grocery store, and she came back with this great big plastic bag of mangoes. Some were dark green, and some were kind of orangey green, you know. And she said, here, you want one? I said, mango? No, thank you. Well, she proceeded to peel off, uh, whatever you call it, what do you call it, the skin or something, and she bites into this mango, and this juice goes all over. It's dripping down her fingers. It's dripping down her face. And she's enjoying it because it's a fruit. It's a mango. And there is one lady who produces fruit in her life. Hallelujah. And so when we abide, when we dwell, when we live and move and have our being in him, we are being connected to the life source. He is the only life source that there is. Hallelujah. When you were not born again, did you consider that life? That was death. Hallelujah. Now we came into the, the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and we have life in us. Glory to God. Verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in the vine. Well, I've tried to do things without abiding in the vine, and I can tell you I fell flat on my face. I'm the only one. Huh? Please make me feel a little bit better. Okay. Have any of you? Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> so... I asked myself when it came to that particular verse uh, where it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches, who you abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. Anyway, he goes on to say that uh, in regard to your relationship with Christ, I asked myself a question. And the question was, okay... I'm part and attached as a branch to the vine. What is it that my father would prune from me? That is a sort of risky question, especially if you don't want to hear the answer. And so uh, I thought about it, and I don't know, I can't say that I heard these things, but I got to thinking. Too much TV, too much Fox News, <laughs> too much clutter in my house, all these magazines. I don't even read them. I just give them away. Novels. Facebook. Texting. I can tell you. My grandchildren got a hold of that system, and they haven't let go of it. Texting. So 
I also asked the father, what about my inner character? Now that's getting really close, too close for comfort. Because he said he would prune away waste products, time thieves, everything that would hinder increasing in fruitfulness. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but did anybody ever think of asking God what, they, what he would prune from them? So where is it that I need to be pruned? I'm just talking about me right now and cut back so that I can produce more offspring. Hallelujah. I need to hone my preaching. I need to make it sharper. I have to have it more thought out, precise, relevant, and accurate. I want more kingdom kids. And so I'm pressing towards that. That's my desire. And, and so in, in talking about pruning, uh, early, early pruning in your spiritual life. Everybody here was once a baby, Right? And you're the baby when you're born again, too. And you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and you start to walk. Sometimes you crawl. Sometimes you, you hang yourself up on a table and pull yourself up. Well, it's the same way in your spiritual life. You grow in your spiritual life. And when you are that baby, the, the spiritual pruning that usually takes place is in your activities. What are you doing that you shouldn't be doing? Where are you going that you shouldn't go? Who are you with that you shouldn't be with? Those are the the spiritual walk uh, that God has for the, uh, the children that are being brought into the kingdom. What you do and don't do. But as you mature, and most of you are, I notice that it becomes more about your values and who you are in Christ. How are you being perfected according to the word of God? Pruning goes deeper and it's intended to bring you closer to be conformed to the image of Christ. How many of us want to be conformed to the image of Christ? Amen. And how many of us have devotionals that we read every morning? Some of us do. Some of us don't. I do. I have three of them. <laughs> I'm going to add a fourth. You know, they're very short. And sometimes I just read right through them. And other times it says, well, take it easy here. Look at this. I want you to see this. And, and so I, my attention is called to something. And uh, I take time to meditate on it. And I have a journal. I write things down. I'm a writer. And so, um, but I want to say to you, it's not just about your devotional reading, although that is better than nothing, okay? Uh, It's about taking time to sit at his feet, like Mary did at Lazarus' home. You are to listen and then perhaps write down what he says to you. Deepen the quality of the time that you spend with him. Jesus said about Mary, one thing is needful. Mary has chosen it. 
Psalm 27, 4, David said, One thing have I desired that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Paul said in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forget those things which are past and reach forward to those things which are before. You see, it's not so much a matter of your works, although they are your fruit. It's a matter of being. Who are you being? Are you being like Christ or are you being like you used to be? Something to think about. Once in a while, I fall into the old man. Don't ask Bruce about that. But, you know, the old man is not life. And as soon as I, I spot that, I stand up taller and I make my confessions. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus I don't live according to the law of death. I live according to the law of the life of the Spirit of God. And I find that as soon as I say, whoops, I'm sorry, I can get right back up again. Fruit represents good works. Your attitudes can be a good work. Your thoughts, the action that you take, uh, that God might value or might not value. If he values it, if your attitudes, your mindset are on him, then it glorifies him. See, the secret of bearing fruit is not wearing yourself out with more works. The secret is being attached to the vine so that you can receive the sap from the source of life. For the branch to have life and produce fruit, it must have sap. Your purpose in this life is to bear much fruit. So how can I be used to produce greater, juicier fruit like June had for the glory of God. I'm already clean by the word. I've already been pruned, he says to the disciples. You've already been pruned. So you should be greater faithfulness being produced because of the messages I've given you. Remain in me. That's a very important word, remain. It's the same thing as abiding. And he promises that if we remain in him, he will remain in us. For the branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. Say, I'm never going to be severed from the vine. Say it again. I want to hear it like you believe it. Amen. Thank you. You cannot be fruit from apart from him. The father, the vine dresser, he's the one who comes along and inspects your branches. And he's glorified when there's much fruit. He's gentle. 
I've never had him correct me in such a way that it hit me over the head. It's always been Hildy, or sometimes he calls me something else, and he'll say something, and it just quickens my spirit. And I've either done something wrong, or I've missed it somewhere. Nobody else has that. And so I just ask for forgiveness and I go on. But you know, sometimes the branches will fall down into the dirt. And if the rain comes, it makes it pretty muddy. Anybody ever feel like they were muddy? They've missed something in God. Well, these branches sometimes would fall down. The rain would come. It would be pretty muddy. And the vine dresser, instead of just yanking it out, he comes over with a pot of water and and a, a cloth of some kind. And he starts very tenderly cleaning off the branch and taking all the mud away. And he does the same thing with us in our lives as he's cleaning us up, pruning us, changing us, so that we might be conformed to the image of Christ. Hallelujah. He's so tender. And then he'll take that muddy vine that he's cleaned up, and he'll put it back on the trellis and see if it'll produce more fruit. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. What do you want to produce? Much fruit. Okay. Staying in verse 4, it says uh, to stay in him. And uh, that is not easy. Has anybody found it to be easy? Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. All of you have. Hallelujah. I'm the only one who hasn't. But it takes determination. It takes a mindset. I am going to stay attached to the vine. And it means that I'm going to be dependent on him. We are attached to the vine by faith in the word. So we need to stay attached. Don't wander away. Don't fall back into the old man. Stay in the new man by being in the vine. And don't mess around and play with sin. It will draw you away from him. And he says, I long to be with you. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Where is that one about the fire on there? Thank you. You see, he's cutting away a branch that is not producing anything. That's the pruning. Now, in this particular verse, it is talking about throwing it into the fire. It's withered. They gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Well, he is talking about those who are apostatized or those that have not stayed with him but deliberately made a choice to move away from him. That's not easy (laughs) to do, but it can be done. My true disciples will produce much fruit. And outcasts still have a choice. 
They can abide in the vine or they can be cast out and wither and die. There's still time. There is still time. Come back. Come back for the first time, but come. It's a natural outgrowth of this abiding in the vine is prayer fruit. Depend on me, he says in verse 7. Abide in me. Your words, his words in you, they will produce prayer fruit. Because when you are abiding in him, you're in the word. And if you pray, then the words that you say will be his words. Because he will put the desires in your heart that you should be praying out loud. And you'll be praying his words. You'll be praying what he desires And therefore, you can know that you have confidence to realize that what you have prayed will come to pass. That is called prayer fruit. And the Father is glorified with that. And you can become an effective, fervent prayer person by abiding in the vine, in the word. And your faith is based in Christ and his words are remaining in you. And the results are certain. Oh, hallelujah. How about remaining in his love? Whoa. It's about being patterned after the Father's love. The same love that he loved Jesus, he placed on the inside of us when we were born again. Love, joy, faith, peace. Right? And so the Father desires this this fruit. And Jesus, in verse 9, is pleading with us. I see it as a plead. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Please, he's saying, all my children, please stay connected to me. You need the sap. You need what I have to give to you so that you can be a fruitful vine and you won't be thrown into the fire, but you will be effective in prayers and your love will be demonstrated to others. They'll look at you and they'll say, there's someone who knows Jesus. There's someone who has a fruitful life. There's someone who's a prayer warrior. There's someone who's who's giving a cup of water to somebody else, your fruit will be seen. I felt like he had said to me when he was talking to me about remaining in his love that it's a result of being connected to him. Hallelujah. Let me get my notes here. And that requires daily renewal in the word for growth. Father, forgive us for our lack of love. It's so easy just to be self-centered. It's so easy to be so busy that you can't help someone else. It's so easy to say, well, I'll just pray for you. And you don't take the time to pray for them then. And then you forget about it. It's so easy for us to walk in a lack of love. 
But it shouldn't be if we are attached to the vine. See, we are the branches, he is the vine, the vine dresser is God the Father. Okay, so we keep his commandment of love as a result of abiding in him. The purpose of Christ's work in verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, his joy, may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I noticed a few times I have not been full of joy. I know that a few times I have looked at my circumstances, looked at my body, and thought, I am not full of joy. And I have a good reason not to be, because look at this and look at that. And God is saying, I want you to know that my love is so strong for you, it can overcome anything in your life. The word of God, the vine that you are attached to, can overcome any kind of situation that you are in. And we are in perilous times. And, and we are in the last of the last days. I truly believe that. And I believe it's vital that we cling to this vine. Because live life in the vine and produce much fruit for the glory of God. In him we have an anchor of our soul. Sure and steadfast. Hebrews 6.19. This world is changing constantly, day to day. We are changing, hopefully from glory to glory. But our bodies are changing. Our children are changing. Jobs and that kind of a situation. The culture has changed tremendously since I was a child. You can find peace in the knowledge that the father vine dresser and the son do not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in Malachi 3, 6, he says, I am the Lord, I change not. It is the one consistency that we can rely on. He says, come unto me and I will sup with you. Oh, can't you just wait till we get up there and we have that supper? Mm -mm -mm -mm. But we can have it now. We can have now time with Jesus. Now time. And he can love us and we can love him back. He said, I am the true vine. He also said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will take away from your branch everything that, does, that will hinder you from moving on with him. His very thoughts will be cleansed. Your very thoughts will be cleansed. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you for the word that you've pronounced here tonight. I thank you, Father, that if any here are not attached to the vine and want to be attached to the vine, we can have that done here tonight, a simple little prayer. If you're unsure of your salvation, you can have that tonight, too. And if you need help, in abiding. You don't know where to get started. You don't know how to do it. We can pray with you. When all around us is falling down, we should cling, cling, 
cling to Jesus. And as the world grows strangely dim, we should cling, cling, cling to Jesus. Hallelujah. Is there anyone in those categories that I mentioned? Salvation, unsure of your salvation, you need help in abiding in the vine. I'd like to have you come up. And we've got prayer partners that are coming up. And also I can pray with any of you that you would wish. So I say peace be unto you. Let his light shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you.